Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fanfiction. On a usual episode, which this is, it's been a while. Hello, we're back to our regular format. Um, in a typical episode, the three of us individually will bring a fic to talk about. Brenna, what have you got this episode? All right, so my fic pick for this episode is called Land's End by Janissa Eleven. Uh, this is a gen fic for Supernatural. Um, it's a Dean character study that's also sort of a fusion with Deadliest Catch. So <laughs> get hyped. Reed, what's yours? My fic is Mercy is a Shade of Blue by Birdcat. It is a haiku fic, and it is Iwaoi. Um, you might think, given that this is our second haiku fic, and it's also Iwaoi, that those are the only people that I like, and that's not true, but it just so happens we are bringing the same pairing again this time around. Uh, Nick, what is your fic? Yeah, so my fic for this episode is Sacrifice by The Devil Chicken which is a fic for the music video Genghis Khan. Uh, The song is by Mike Snow. So you might think, wow, you guys are more than 30 episodes into your podcast. Surely you have an efficient system and you go into each episode prepared and you always know what you're doing, but it might shock you to learn that that's not the truth. What? Um, What? Read? (laughs) Read. (laughs) Read. I prepare for hours every single weekend. Well, it's not that we don't prepare for hours. It's more that... Last night, like less than 24 hours ago, we were like, oh, God, what is our intro going to be? Oh, God. We came up with a couple of concepts. We're going to pitch some at you. Maybe just one, maybe more than one. We'll see. Um, They all clearly had a lot of planning and forethought and Mm -hmm. will be really fun to listen to. So with that, uh, one of the ideas that Nick had was um, you might have gathered maybe from the fandoms or if you happen to like read these fics in advance, um, you might have gathered that. These fics are pretty different, but like here at FicClick, we're all about making connections, uh, drawing things together. And so we've decided to make Venn diagrams for our fics and also their related fandoms and uh, draw some draw some parallels between what we've brought today. So, Brenna, maybe tell us a little bit more about how this is going to work. <laughs> OK, Reed, I can try. Um. <laughs> So we all have our Venn diagrams in front of us. Uh, you you all know what a Venn diagram looks like, so I'm sure you can imagine it. Um, Nick is showing me hers on the screen right now. Thank you, Nick. Very helpful. Um, I think we're going to go around in a virtual circle triangle because there's three of us. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And tell you, like, what we put in each category, uh, what are our in-betweens, and then finally, what's in the center of our Venn diagrams. Nick, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so for the individual categories, I tried to pick a word that represented something that I didn't think was really in the other fix or in the other occupations. So for volleyball, uh, I said ball, pretty Mm -hmm. self-explanatory. For crab fishing, which is Brenna's fic, I said boat. And then for my fic, Secret Agents, I said Russia. So those are my three discrete categories. Amazing. 
Yeah, for some reason, I have labeled, like, like not the inner circle, but just sort of what I've labeled each circle. I did Haikyuu, I did Supernatural, and then Spies. Like, I don't know why I did two <laughs> fandoms and then one sort of, like, general categorization. Anyway, um, similar to Nick for Haikyuu, I put Ball is Life. For Supernatural, I put Crabs! Exclamation point. And for Spies, I put Nose Made of Gold. So those are my three distinct items. <laughs> I just love that that's under spies, because, <laughs> like, it makes sense for my fic and for the fandom, but just for spies, it's so baffling. I mean, I feel like Crab's exclamation point is also kind of baffling for Supernatural, but, like, <laughs> okay, a lot of things what, happen fair. in that show, so, like, who knows? It's just the, the other kind of crabs. I'm sorry. Free me. <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, oh boy. Um all right, well unfortunately I wrote exactly the same categories as Reed without <laughs> consulting Reed. So mine also say Haikyuu, Supernatural and Spy. That's so wild. Um okay, what I've written in these categories for Haikyuu, I have Okay, mine were based on the fix we read, not just the original source content. So, for Haikyuu, I have the color blue. Uh, for Supernatural, I have Daddy Issues, and for Spies, I have Murder. Extremely good. Unless you count the crab fishing as murder, in which case <laughs> you lose some points. I don't, personally. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> we get canceled <laughs> because he's <laughs> like, this is not murder. <laughs> Crabs don't have souls. I, I do think crabs might have souls. Does that make it worse? <laughs> that, might make, that makes it worse. That makes it worse, Brenna. Uh, okay, so back to me. I'm going to share what I believe is the overlap between volleyball and crab fishing, uh, which to me seemed pretty obvious. I wrote down nets. So for my like dual categories, I wrote a, a couple in each, but some of them are a stretch. Um... Some of them are, are more about the source material than the fic itself. Um, for a Haikyuu and Supernatural, I do have Ocean, which, like, that's a pretty solid, that's a solid connection for both of them. Then I also have New Profession. Um, Dean definitely gets a new profession in his fic. And I would argue that <laughs> the new profession in my fic is that Oizumi in um, Haikyuu is a volleyball player, and then in this fic, he is a grad student, I assume, doing, like, sports medicine or whatever he was doing in the time skip, but, like, he has a new profession from what you saw him in the source material. The source material being the anime and not the manga because I haven't read it. So that's a new profession, and that's my overlap there. Um, so similarly to Reed, I did write a couple things uh, for my overlap between the Haikyuu fic and the Supernatural fic. Um, my first one is Bodies of Water, so similar to Ocean, but um, a little different. Uh, I also have character studies. I think both of these fics count as that. And then one that I just added is colleges in California, um, because the Haikyuu fic <laughs> features UC Irvine, and in the Supernatural fic, Sam is away at Stanford. Wow. So. Okay. That's that's pretty good, actually. Thank that you. That is pretty good. I like that. Um, okay, so for my overlap between crab fishing and secret agents, uh, this is related to the two fics. I have strategic drug use. Um... For my overlap between the Supernatural fic and the Spies fic, I have deadly, deadly um, experiences, deadly encounters. I have shitty question mark family, 
Um, Dean's dad is unquestionably very shitty in the fic. In Nick's fic, the villain, who is named Eric, um, has a wife who, like, the spy thinks is pretty bad. I don't really know if that counts as shitty family, but that was my attempt there. And last, and perhaps most tenuously, both fics have a character whose name starts with Alex. One is actually named Alex, and the other one is named Alexis. But you know what? I was doing my best like, to fill I out guess. this Venn diagram. <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> um, yeah, I only had one for this, uh, which is life-threatening situations. Um, if I was going more broadly for, like, Supernatural as a show and not just this fic, then I think, like, Instruments of Torture could be also in there. But yikes. that's not in this fic. So. You're not True. wrong, but yikes. Sorry. True. God, yeah. For my last overlap of two uh, between volleyball and secret agents, I have defeating a human enemy. I like human. Um, well, could the crabs be argued as an enemy? I feel like the I sea don't. Could they're be certainly an enemy. The, the sea, sea, I would argue, more as an enemy. But in the sea was not defeated. And that's no. true. Okay. Oh wait. Also, there's a ghost. Oh, there is a is, ghost. Are ghosts yeah, yeah. human? I. We can't get into this. I was like, there's a ghost in the Haikyuu fic? <laughs> <laughs> like, in the middle of the Venn it was just ghosts. <laughs> no explanation. For my overlap between Haikyuu and Spies, um, I had a relationship that spans over many years, and you get to see that developing relationship. Um, I also had injuries, dot, 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 question mark. Um, in Nick's fic, there are lots of injuries. There are so many of them. Um... In my fic, it's never mentioned, but in the canon of Haikyuu, Oikawa does have, uh, like, a chronic knee injury that is actually pretty central to his character, so you can you can see how much I was grasping for straws when I very quickly made this Venn diagram. Yeah, I mean, well, thankfully, at least it's easier, because in Supernatural, like, in the canon, they don't really get injured, so. No, no, no. No. Um, yeah, so for my overlap between Spies and Haikyuu, I also have eras of a relationship, um, and then I have people who seem like they'd like fancy wine, because in the Haikyuu fic, they go to, like, a fancy vineyard, and in the Spies fic, uh, it's just a vibe I got. I really like that. I do feel like you two, like, hung out and did this without me. <laughs> we, did, we definitely did not. We so didn't. But we do have, like, startlingly similar answers. Yeah, I I have not talked to Reed since we hung up last night. This is just <laughs> how our brains are, unfortunately. We're all like, okay, good prey discussion, everyone. Bye. And like, oh, did Nicole hang up? Okay, let's, let's work on this. <laughs> like, it's homework that we're cheating with yeah. one another. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Oh, God. Um, Nick, do you want to give us your middle category? Yeah, I already did. It's ghosts. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> in the Haikyuu fic, it's like in the Mumford and Sons sense, right? Like, mm -hmm. and the ghosts that we knew will flicker from view. No live a long life. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my center that unites all three of these things um, is heavily based in volleyball as it's taken by the characters of the show Haikyuu, especially in the canon when they're high schoolers and quite dramatic. I don't know, maybe they're still this dramatic after the time skip. I only know some things about Haikyuu, but all three of these to me represent to the characters in these fics life or death situations. Yeah. I mean, not so much in my fic, but absolutely 100% in Haikyuu, there is 
literally nothing more important than volleyball. So exactly. I, I absolutely give you that. Um, in the center of mine, after all these really good connections I've made, the only thing that I have in the center is they all have alcoholic drinks. <laughs> um, in, in very different circumstances, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is just uh, odd occupations. like you're not wrong (laughs) i tried really hard to come up with something that was funnier and like more unexpected but i just don't know i mean nick i do think you could make an argument for ghosts if you really wanted to like (laughs) the ghost of the past in supernatural in the spies fic uh, there's a bunch of murder, so that could generate ghosts. A man don't died know that it on screen. Um, and then in the Haiku fic, they are definitely haunted by their past. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be our collective one that we workshop yeah, together. Collectively, ghosts. <laughs> Beautiful. Huh. Well, after fishing for some content for our intro, let's fish up some crab meat with Dean and the boys. Tell me, Brenna. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Dean and the boys. All right, so my fic for this week is called Land's End by Janessa11. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry if I'm not. Uh, This is a fic for the hit CW TV show Supernatural. Nick, those weren't some very hyped hype horns. No, they're super hyped. Um, I will say this is another show that all three of us have watched some of. So unusual, but uh, I guess when there's 15 seasons of something, not that unlikely. Um, So this fic is canon compliant. It is set pre-series. It is pretty much just about Dean. Um, It's a Dean character study uh, during the time that Sam is off at Stanford. Um, and Dean is kind of working some cases on his own. Okay, so in this fic, Dean is up in Alaska working a case. One of the guys who he encounters, like, on that case, the case isn't really shown in the fic. It's sort of set right after he finishes that. Um, the guy who sort of he met on the case, um, is a crab fisherman in the style of Deadliest Catch, a show I've never watched, but I think I understand the premise of. Um, he's like, he kind of recruits Dean. He tells Dean, like, how much money they make off of it, like, for a season. And Dean's like, hell yeah. Um, even though it's also sounds like horrible and dangerous work. Um, so then he goes out and becomes a crab fisherman for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that this this fic sounds whack. Like, I, I f- I'm fully aware of that. I don't know how I found this fic. It was just in my marked for later. And I was like, oh, Okay. Not even thinking I would necessarily get through it, because I, again, I thought it might just be too whack, but then it was actually really good, <laughs> and, like, pulls off this strange fusion so well. Um, there are a couple content warnings I want to give for it. Um, the big one would be, like, Dean's relationship with his father is an abusive one. We know that about their relationship in canon, but just giving that shout out, it's not good in this fic. It's very unhealthy and toxic. Um, And then my second one would be, like, Dean does get quite sick on the boat for a while, so if that's something that grosses you out, be forewarned. Okay, so like I said, um, I was very pleasantly surprised by this fic when I actually started reading it. Um, 
I also want to say it was written pretty early. It's cross-posted on fanfic.net and AO3. The AO3 date is 2009. Nick, do you say it was earlier on fanfic.net? 07. Okay, cool. So, yeah, pretty early. Um, One of the things that impressed me about the fic is the fact that it doesn't really feel dated in its depiction of Dean and its characterization of him. Um, I think it, it matches both with, like, the Dean we meet in season one, but... I think it also works with the Dean that we know throughout, like, many of the later seasons. Um, I don't want to say that, like, Dean's characterization in Supernatural necessarily stays all that, like, um, similar throughout the seasons, uh, but I think there are through lines and this fic works well with those. Um, I also just thought it would be something fun to bring. I feel like I rarely bring gen fic, so I kind of like that. This has big, like, found family feels, which I think a lot of Supernatural fic does, but I kind of like that this was uh, with OCs and kind of more of how Dean interacts with characters or, like, new characters, people we don't know yet, rather than the kind of characters who usually become the, like, found family within, with Supernatural fic set later in the series. Um, Yeah, I also just, like, thought it was a fun premise like it just gives us something new to talk about um and like this fic doesn't necessarily have like a happy ending I would say um it's not like an unhappy ending but it doesn't it doesn't like fix things really um we're aware throughout the fic that like Dean has this really shitty relationship with his dad um and while he's sort of on this boat with these other guys he kind of forms these other relationships that are family-like in nature there's definitely guys within that crew that he considers sort of like a father figure or a brother figure um and we can see the contrast with his relationships with those men versus like the men in his biological family um but then at the end like Dean's dad shows up again, is a total dick, is horrible, and Dean is just sort of like, hey, dad, like, and they leave again, and it's, it's horrible to read. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I thought that would give us something interesting to talk about as well. Um, but before we get into it more, I would love to hear what my co-hosts thought of this fic. Yeah, I had such an unexpectedly good time with this fic. Not that I went in thinking, like, oh, I'm really not gonna like this, but I didn't expect to have as much fun as I did. Unlike much of fandom, in November of 2020, I did not regress into my Supernatural days. Um, I had watched an episode of Supernatural in quarantine with Brenna, like, months prior. I don't really know why or how it was, like, I want to say, like, 1am our time. And we're like, what if? Um, Apart from that one episode, I have not seen an episode of Supernatural since, like, high school. Um, That being said, I 100% agree that, like, right off the bat, it felt very much like I could hear Dean saying, like, the lines that he was saying. Um, like, the tone felt so spot on. When Brenna gave us the premise, I was like, okay, like, this sounds whack, but, like, we've read a lot of whack fics on this pod and I've enjoyed very many of them, so, like, why not? It's just over 10k, but I flew through it. Like, it did not feel like it was that long at all. Um, it was just a blast. I also have never seen the show Deadliest Catch, but, like, you know, I've, I've seen commercials for it. I'm familiar with the premise. And I think it is very clear from the fic that this author has seen it a lot. Probably really loves that show. That knowledge felt like it came through very clearly in a really fun way. And yeah, I just think it is such a fun premise to be like, okay, no, I'm fully setting this within the canon of Supernatural. Like, this is canon compliant. I am also going to put Dean on this, like, treacherous crab fishing boat for a couple days and make him learn things about, like, 
family, and people who care about you. I think it is such a credit to the author that it really came across as, like, fits very well into canon, did not feel, like, totally out of left field. Like, everything felt, like, justified. And, like, yeah, I don't know. I had emotions about Dean meeting these people who actually care about him and then seeing his dad and his dad being like, all right, next job, let's go. And Dean being like, okay, like, this is the way it always is, so I'll just go back. I was like, no, Dean, what if you did give up your life and just become a crab fisherman, (laughs) Dean? You'll get a 5% paycheck increase next season, Dean. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this fic. Yeah, I really liked it as well. I think I was expecting to, honestly. I think this was up my alley in the sense that I just love how wild it is. And I feel like sometimes you just know when an author combines two extremely specific things. Like you just kind of know it's going to work. I think that's how I felt when Brenna was like, I'm reading a Deadliest Catch Supernatural AU. <laughs> I just knew. I knew it was going to be good. I really loved it. Uh, it definitely was wild. It brought back memories of having watched a couple episodes of the Deadliest Catch uh, when I was ah. younger. Yeah. Also, unfortunately, I do think Supernatural is the show that I've seen the most discreet episodes of. So I hate realizing that. That's unfortunate. It's been a lot of years, but I watched through, like, season nine or something. I think that's when I stopped. Should have stopped sooner. Pass, Nicole. (laughs) Just my tip. You really loved the season five finale. Cut your losses. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, I I love this fic. Dean was my favorite character, so I liked reading about him. Well, Dean was a favorite character to read fic about. Are you sure it was Dina, not um, the the person you're the biggest fan of? <laughs> Jess? <laughs> okay, Jess was my favorite character in a different way. I Dina's my favorite to read fic this. about. Sam was my favorite in the show. And then Jess yeah, is my favorite say, in my heart. You told me like a couple months ago that Sam was your favorite. Sam so was my favorite in the show. Now? But people did not write him very well in the fandom. And that upset that me. That is fair. Yeah. Also, yeah, I was going to say, you're not a Dean girl. I don't no. know what that, that no. quiz was that was linked in FitClick that had, like, 18 different permutations <laughs> that was, like, are you Dean, yeah. Sam, Cass, Coded, and, like, Dean, Sam, Cass, Girl? Um, uh-huh. Yeah. That fic called me out. It was horrible. I liked it. Brenna and I got the same answer, I think. Mm-hmm. That was nice. It was oh, wrong, but it was nice. What was your answer? Mine, it was right for me, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. Um, It was Sam, Coded, Dean, Girl. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well... What are you going to do? Now, my favorite in my heart forever and always is Jess, who is Sam's college girlfriend who dies episode one. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. I can't explain what happened in high school me's like brain that was like, Sam Jess is the best ship in the show. Because I was going back through my blog forever ago from when I was, you know, tumbling in high school. And my Sam Jess tag is so populated like, I, every time she showed up, every edit someone made, I had, like, multi, I had reblogged multiple gift sets of the same scenes. Like, I was like, I don't know what was going on here. Uh, don't psychoanalyze me for that. I don't know that you can. It was just weird. <laughs> Jess is not in this fic uh, explicitly, but I guess, like, theoretically, she's out there somewhere. <laughs> so that's I mean, nice. she's alive at this time, I think, if that's what you... True. Mean. Another win for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I loved, I loved how fraught the found family of this fic was. Like, because it's pre-canon, 
you know that Dean doesn't stay with them, but you still want it. Uh, and like, I choose to believe that it is canon divergent. And because he has this business card in his pocket, he will give up uh, saving people and hunting things, the family business, to eventually return to crab fishing. That's my dream for this Dean. Uh, I think it's what he deserves. Even though crab fishing seems like it sucks, but he seemed happy. So like, I'm I'm happy for him if that's what he wants. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was bleak, but not in a way that like upset me in a way that was like kind of fun to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what it was horrible. I enjoyed it. Well, I just mean like, it's horrible as someone who wants better for Dean um, and is aware that he's not going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because like you are aware that this is happening pre-series and... I mean, reading it now in the beginning of 2021, <laughs> I am aware of what happened for 15 fucking seasons of this show. <laughs> I mean, I'm not entirely aware of all of them. I have not seen every season of Supernatural, but, you know, I'm aware of the general picture of things. Um, I think that was something I kind of enjoyed about this fic, though, is like, okay, first off, I should say Dean is my favorite character. He was my favorite character in the show and in the fic and in the everything. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, big fan of Dean. Okay, moving on from there. Um, Dean is a character who, like, the show was never going to let him be happy. He, He never gets happiness. That's not, like, a thing in the world of Dean Winchester. Like, the show loves to give him brief flickers of happiness and then destroy it. Um, and I think fandom in turn likes to try and create like a picture of like real happiness for Dean, which is where like a lot of like found family fix come in. A lot of fix where like either they give up hunting or they kind of find a more manageable, less like soul crushing way to do some hunting. <laughs> um, But, like, having read a lot of Supernatural fic over the last few months, um, it was interesting to go back and read one set so early um, that also kind of gives him this momentary happiness and then crushes it. Um, It was interesting, too, because I was thinking about, like, the, okay, this is canon compliant and, like, he probably never goes back to crab fishing but it's kind of funny to imagine like that for 15 more seasons dean has like a little like crab (laughs) fishing like uh business card business card thank you reed like in his wallet or whatever (laughs) like that this is always an option um and like i don't know it's just it's sort of horrible but fun to think about just even more kind of moments that dean had where it's like ooh. A regular life? No, just kidding. Um, we're gonna drag you to hell now. <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah, literally. Mul- multiple and times. Multiple times, literally. Well, what and, are you gonna do? I mean, just suffer another through it day if in you're the life. Dean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I just kind of like that element of it, and I think in a lot of ways it kind of works well with the characterization of Dean that we get throughout the rest of the seasons, like having an additional knowledge of like oh sam went away to stanford and like kind of got out for a while having this sort of parallel of dean having an experience that would have kind of allowed him to get out as well back up like everything else that happens in the series where he like can't get out i think is just kind of like (laughs) extra painful in a way that i really enjoyed 
So one thing I really enjoyed about this fic is how grounded it is in the details. It's not very, like it takes place over a decent span of time and we do get some time skips, but each scene is very, very in the moment. It's very grounded in sensory details, especially. So we get a really good sense of how Dean's feeling. And I don't know how this author managed to make crab fishing sound both so idyllic and so miserable. Mm-hmm. Because Dean is so euphorically happy at points during this fic that I feel like we very rarely ever saw in the show. Um, and a lot of that for him is like the rush of like good hard work and like being respected. He gets a, a new nickname and that's like a really big deal for him. Um, it's also very like he's one of the boys and that's important to him, like fitting in and being liked, uh, especially being liked as a man and like being respected as a man. Like there's some there's some gender stuff in here, too, that I thought was interesting. That's very mm-hmm. reflective of the show's constant grappling with masculinity. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did really, really like that. And I liked how many little conversations we got and snippets of like the first scene where he's doing the bait is like the absolute worst thing ever and then the next time it's a line where it's like it's still not fun but it's a lot more fun when he saw how much like crab came in and was picturing it as money and they had the successful moment like you get a sense that the crab fishing itself could have been a lot of different things but it's it means so much to dean to be like part of something in this way and to be respected for it which is it does make the ending sadder, yes, the more I think about it. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier, is just seeing this in the context of, like, the larger canon of Supernatural, knowing what comes later is kind of awful, because this did give Dean so many of the things that we know he values so highly. And, like, I think the balance, what you were sort of saying about the author making crab fishing seem both idyllic and miserable, yeah. like, it is miserable, and it's Dean who's finding it idyllic. And that's kind of the horrible thing about it, because you know as a reader, this cannot be fun. Like, it's wet, it's freezing, it's, they're working, like, incredibly long hours. Um, Like, I could not physically do it at all. Like, I would have a breakdown. (laughs) And the fact that he's, like, finding so much joy and, like, reward in it is what's kind of horrible about it, but also rewarding as a reader, too. And I think that that's a really hard thing to do in fic and this one does it really well yeah well i have a note that is like it comes right after a pretty pivotal scene that they accepted dean before this but there's like a big scene that happens and then like after that is really like when he feels like part of the family and when like some of that like language around him like the new nickname and stuff changes um and dean is is looking and like recognizing this new acceptance and he thinks himself about how he's like not just accepted but he's wanted and it makes something like there's something like weird churning in his stomach that feels like unreality, which is devastating. Like the idea that people might like genuinely want him around and like him, et cetera. The fact that that feels unreal, horrible to think about. But my note for it was just Dean does make for a very compelling fandom punching bag, huh? Like he really is just there for the wump. Um, that is He's a character. He's just there for the wump. <laughs> he is though. I mean, not that that's not what the supernatural writers were thinking, but like, have you I mean, ever a seen a character? That's kind of what the supernatural writers were thinking. <laughs> I don't think they were thinking about like the fic in specific. <laughs> no, is what I meant not. by that. Probably but not. like, yeah, they were like, thinking about him being on Deadliest Catch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think when Eric Kripke sat down to write this, he was like, mm, "I could have this man hunt 
demons and ghosts and monsters, or Or. he could be on Deadliest Catch. I would like to think that, um, I have no idea what channel Deadliest Catch is on, but I would like to think that for all however many seasons of supernatural there were the cw was like just desperately trying to get like rights with whatever channel owns deadliest catch like please (laughs) please we just need it for one episode please 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 you don't understand and the company or whatever that owns deadliest catch was like absolutely not um no i mean i think all this to say that like dean is just a character that is so perfectly made for stories like this where like exactly what the show does you give him like a little taste of something like good or maybe what he wants or like doesn't even know that he wants and then he doesn't get to keep it because he's dean winchester so why would he exactly and like dean has such a complex too about like people not wanting to be around him and like people leaving him and and to have this whole situation where like he is wanted in multiple ways he is wanted both for his like uh genuine just like skill and ability like he's a good hard worker but also wanted for his like companionship and personality and everything uh is really devastating (laughs) and like to have it set at this moment too where like you know dean's kind of going through it about like sam having left to go to stanford and like gotten out of the business a little bit and he kind of just has to keep trudging along like even when he's not with his dad like he's off on his own right now but he's still so beholden to like what he thinks he has to be doing um yeah wow i mm. (laughs) well there's such a sense of the person that dean is supposed to be and that is so Mm -hmm. many things it's the perfect son that is never going to be good enough for his dad, but maybe if he behaves in a certain way, then he can be. It's the perfect man who's like a womanizer, but who's tough, but who's cool, but who's loved. It's the perfect hunter who like does everything on the job exactly as how he's supposed to. Um, and I imagine part of that too is the perfect brother. And I think that's where a lot of that resentment comes from when he thinks about Sam. Some of it's jealousy, potentially. Some of it is abandonment, but I think a lot of it is Dean's own internal like what was sam really running from Mm -hmm. i think that's a big question that the the show asked at the beginning at some point or another this fic asks very obliquely but i think it's something that i was thinking about as i was reading i think also those moments where dean is sort of thinking about sam and he's rueful and he's kind of angry like it's always like a slanted thought about like oh like sam off in stanford like leaving dean and dad to do all the work blah 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 so you get all these these lines where you can tell that Dean is a little bit resentful that Sam ran um, and is getting this, like, cushy life at Stanford. And then the pivotal moment that I'd mentioned earlier is where um, the youngest kid on the boat, who is the son of the, like, boat owner, gets knocked over by a very large wave and Dean grabs onto his wrist. And then Dean gets knocked over as well and is, like, just barely holding onto the railing. And... Dean is looking down at this kid who is so frightened and he's like, don't let go of me. And he's thinking about a time on a job previous when Sam had almost fallen over something and Dean had grabbed him and Sam had said to him, like, you're not going to let go of me. And Dean hadn't. And so I think in this fic where Dean is angry at Sam for so much of it and then in this hugely pivotal moment he's thinking about when Sam had put all of his trust in Dean and and Dean had followed through, that contrast, oh, it hurts. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, overall, one of my favorite things about this fic was just how Dean he felt, and I think that's why it was really sad, um, but also why it was fun. Like, he, despite everything, is is a fun and compelling character in a lot of ways, and I appreciate the uh, ways in which this author 
really brought that forward and brought out the parts of him that made sense in this setting and with this plot. Can I just flex on Dean Winchester really quick? Oh, <laughs> oh go yeah, ahead. I guess. <laughs> um, so from what I grasp in the Supernatural finale, Dean dies via like a rusty nail hook. So he like basically... Wow, spoiler I've... horns. Well... Okay, yeah. Beep, Sorry. Beep, 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 Have you been on the internet in the last like <laughs> know, right? few months and like not known this? We're recording this in February. I think if you don't know the supernatural finale at this point, I don't think you have cared to seek it out. That's on you. Yeah. Um, so I saw like a bunch of fandom jokes about how like Dean died of tetanus after like so many seasons, like that's what he died of. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to say that last week I went to the doctor and I did get a tetanus shot and like very <laughs> embarrassingly for myself while getting it internally, I was like Take that, Dean Winchester. <laughs> like, I, I, I did have that thought. Read this wow. absolutely incredible. In 2021. <laughs> you. you love to see it. <laughs> um, wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. Good for uh, you. It's really special. <laughs> Can I flex on Dean Winchester <laughs> with my tetanus shot? <laughs> well, um, what if it was, like, an alternate ending to, like, the season 15 finale where, like, okay, everything for, like, the first half stays the same. Dean does die getting impaled on a rusty nail. But then instead of, like, waking up in, like, his heaven or whatever, he yeah. just wakes up, like, on a fishing boat in the Bering Sea. Oh. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to say Spin-off after show. he dies, Reed shows up and is like, ooh, should have gotten your booster shot. <laughs> No, I like to imagine that everyone up there is, like, clowning him for that anyway. Yeah, 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 true. No, I was thinking about a, a, a spin-off show that they could have made. I love yeah. that. They yeah. still could. So thank you for joining us on our discussion of Land's End, a uh, Dean character study fic where he goes and becomes a crab fisherman in the Bering Sea. Uh, honestly, a really great character study for him. Um, I think... I think it really fits with the character that we know both in like season one of the show, but also still resonates well now, having watched a lot more or like absorbed through internet osmosis what has happened in the last 15 seasons of Supernatural. Um, Really enjoyable read. One of those AUs where you know that the author knows what they're talking about with the setting that they've put a character in, which is so rewarding. Um, Would highly recommend to anyone who likes crab fishing or Dean Winchester. My fic this episode is Mercy is a Shade of Blue by Bird Cat. It is a haiku fic. It is Waizumi Oikawa. It is canon compliant post time skip. So if you're not familiar with haiku, it is an anime about boys in high school who play volleyball. And oh boy, do they love that sport more than simply anything in the whole world. Um, I have only watched the show, I have not read the manga, but from what I understand, at some point they do a time skip to the future, and some of the boys are still volleyball players, but some are not. And um, this fic is canon to the careers, I guess, of the two characters, Iwaizumi and Oikawa, post that time skip. Once again, because I'm not familiar with the manga, like, I don't know how much of that, like, I don't know how much of that future you see, I don't know how detailed it gets, so I don't know where this fic exactly might diverge, but it is tagged as canon compliant. The premise of this fic is kind of your classic childhood friends to lovers, in a way. Um, That seems to be the thing for this ship, which does make sense because canonically they have been friends since childhood. Um, So post-time skip, Oikawa decides to sign with the Argentinian national volleyball team, I would assume, 
And um, Uwaizumi is studying sports medicine or sports therapy. And um, this fic is about sort of their relationship deteriorating post high school. And then Uwaizumi deciding to show up in Argentina. And he's like, hey, we haven't talked in like eight years. What's good? Um, And so the fic is a sort of flashback of their time as kids and being friends and then this present where he has just shown up to see, I guess, what is left of their relationship together. I don't really have any content warnings for this fic, I don't think. The only thing I would mention just for like accessibility reasons is that the fic has a work skin on it where as you progress, it sort of goes from like a regular black text on a white background to different shades of blue. Um, It doesn't get in my opinion, it didn't get too light for me to read at the end. That was something I was worried about. But if that's something that like is tough for you to read, you can just hit hide creator style on AO3 uh, if that is not a way that you would like to read this fic. I also just want to say that I found this fic through our rec exchange. Um, if you're not familiar, we now have done two rec exchanges um, over the holiday season, the winter season for us, where we pair up people and have them anonymously rec fix to one another uh, based on their preferences. And we compile all of those recs into a very, very long, I think it's like 80 plus pages Word document, uh, Google Doc, that we have put online. It's on our Twitter and our Tumblr. Um, it might be a little hard to find on our Twitter right now. We're, we're doing a rebranding soon, but you can definitely find it on our Tumblr uh, if you look up like the tag rec exchange. So I did search by Haikyuu just to see what was in there. And this was wrecked uh, by Thala to Pammy. And it caught my eye because um, the wrecker mentioned that they do not know anything about Haikyuu and still really loved this fic. So I was like, hmm, if this person likes it without having watched Haikyuu, maybe I will also be interested in this. And I was. I really, really liked it. So yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out uh, to that. I think the Wreck Exchange doc is very fun. There are a lot of really good fics that I've added to my Marked for Later that I've not yet gotten to because my Marked for Later is atrociously long. Um, But if you're looking for some new fics and you just want to browse a plethora of fandoms and see, like, what people really liked about it, um, you can go find that uh, on our Rec Exchange doc. That all being said, uh, yes, I really, really liked this fic. It is different, I think, from things I normally read. It is, um, like, pretty metaphor-heavy. It's a different sort of, like, style things I normally go for. Um, But I think one of the things I liked about it is, especially in contrast to the other Iwa Oi fic that I have brought to the pod, I liked getting to see them as adults um, in their post-time skip. I liked getting to see an Oikawa that felt a little more well-rounded than he is in the show. Um, I say this, like, I love him. I'm aware that, like, he is kind of, he's my garbage son. Like, I know that not everyone loves him. I get it. He is kind of a dick in the show a little bit. Um, but I liked in this fic that he was, like, I mean, he's older and more mature and, like, a fully realized person, and, um, those are all things that, like, Uwaizumi really has to grapple with in these eight years that he's let slip between them. I think some of the imagery was, like, really, really beautiful. Um, I liked the repetition of the blue, like, that is really a central thing to this fic. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it, and I would love to hear what my co-host thought about it. Yeah, I enjoyed this fic. I think... I really, really liked the formatting. I thought that going from black to blue was really interesting. I, too, was nervous about not being able to read it when you mentioned that, but I didn't have any issues by the time I got to the end. It kind of is a mid-tone blue, uh, which I found readable. I thought it was really pretty, and I I hadn't seen anything like that before in terms of um, changing colors of text 
not to match a specific like thing that's happening like i've seen people do like blue for like a fake link or something but rather to kind of just go with the story and with the metaphor of it all i just thought that was really pretty and likely a lot of work in the author's notes it was funny <laughs> at the end they're like yeah <laughs> i felt kind of possessed to do this and i did and I'm like you did you really did anyone who like works with ao3 text editors beyond just like the very basics i commend because mm-hmm. oh god yeah i can't even imagine i mean i can't imagine but it makes my heart hurt to imagine it oh no uh, it's okay i just don't have the skills Mm. So kudos, or the, or the patience, let's be real, it's more the patience than the <laughs> skills. So much respect to anyone who's willing to wrestle with it, especially to have it come out as nicely as this did. Um, I love a story of people redefining their relationship. I really liked, we'll, we'll get to it later, I'm sure, but I especially liked that kind of climactic scene where they finally talk about their feelings. I think it was one of my favorite parts of this fic, and it really stood out to me as I was reading um the setting i thought was really really great there's a lot of good setting work in this fic um descriptive details about where they are sensory details also i was thinking about it i was like when have i ever read fic set in latin america it's been so it's been so long south america baby the last one that i can think of dan i don't know what it is i would love to it's a canon compliant one direction fic and it opened at their (laughs) peru tour stop (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, yeah so that just feels if you were right. wondering, it's been years. Um, so that was fun, too. I was like, okay, we got some Latina action happening here. Um, so I don't know. I liked I liked that. And I liked that it really committed to the setting and to populating their adult lives in the future. Um, the time skip was not just coincidental and they're the same people with the same lives. Like, not only are they different internally, but they have really, really, really different things happening around them. And I thought that was executed really well and made it more impactful at the end when they kind of come back together. Yeah, I think those are my preliminary thoughts. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I think, um, <laughs> I will say, I did not realize that it changed to blue because I have AO3 set to not show me creator style. <laughs> So I had to instead click show creator style at the top to uh, get the full experience. Um, But yeah, I think it was a slightly harder fic for me to really like get into at the beginning. I think just because I'm not familiar with these characters and you don't need to be to be able to read and enjoy this. But I think I did just kind of like bounce off of it a little bit towards the beginning before I was able to kind of realize where the story was going and like what the characters, who the characters were in this story. I also like was getting them their names mixed up because at different times in the story they would refer to each other differently and that I don't know them well enough to be able to kind of like easily read that I did have to scroll up a few times to like check the character tags oops sorry everyone Brenna when this happens I always imagine you like on a haunted carousel like you're what? reading what? and then it starts like spinning with creepy music and then it throws you back off and you have to try to remember like who's who why is that? You imagine me on a haunted yeah. carousel reading fic. I mean, okay, you know what? It's like I guess it's on brand, but yeah. I, I mean, half of that is just like your personal energy, yeah, and then half fair. of it is you forgetting who's who in yeah. the middle of fix. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I will say this is not the first time that I've had an experience like that. <laughs> I am not very good at remembering. Um, 
like names of characters who I'm not already familiar with, especially if I don't really have a clear mental picture of them. That being said, though, I did really enjoy this fic once I was sort of able to get into it more. Um, I think I felt especially strongly about the sort of present day sections of this fic. I really liked those um, the parts that explore basically Hajime going to Argentina. Um, and I liked when we sort of got some more realizations about how that came to be as well. The fact that he kind of just went on a whim. Like, I... I didn't really see that part coming, like, in terms of the explanation for why he went on this trip, and I, I enjoyed that aspect a lot. Um, and I think, like, this fic felt like it had a really clear vision of what it wanted to do. It it knew where its characters had come from, it knew where it wanted to take them, and it set out to execute those things. And um, I think sometimes, like, not always, but you can tell when a fic, uh, when the creator really had it sort of all plotted out and planned ahead of time. Versus the creator sort of letting the fic lead them where it wants to go more. And this one felt very much like the former. Like, the creator had plotted this all out and really knew where it was going. Had really thought about, like, which scenes interlocked with which other scenes. How it would flip back and forth between the past and the present. Um, and then executed that quite well, I thought. Yeah, something I really liked about this fic is that... Um... It is, like, really deep in its metaphors and its imagery. There's a ton of things about the color blue, um, understandably. But I found that, like, there were bits that I felt so grounded and uncomfortably, like, related to. Specifically when you get to see sort of why Uwaizumi and Okawa's friendship fizzled out. Um, so post-time skip, as I said, post-high school, I think it is immediately. Oikawa goes to Argentina and Uwaizumi goes to school to study. And they presumably keep up for a little bit, but you get these scenes of, like, Iwaizumi ignoring the calls that Okawa is sending him and, like, watching their text thread go further and further down in his phone. And there were some, like, really just gut-wrenching bits, in my opinion, where Iwaizumi is thinking about his past self and how betrayed his high school self would have been to know that, like, he was purposefully just letting this friendship go. And there's, like, all these thoughts about, like, a dozen phone calls of like, oh, well, if like this works out or like, oh, like when you come visit me, but the visit never happens. And as someone who is unfortunately like very out of sight, out of mind, um, I own a cell phone and some of my friends would be surprised to know that because I am really bad at answering people. Um, I don't know. I, I did find it like really relatable, that sense of like when you're younger, when you're in high school, I think especially or like even college, you might think like, these are the people I'm going to have with me forever or like this is this moment that's going to last for the rest of my life and like of course these relationships mean everything to me and there's no way it'll ever be different and then you get like into your adulthood like Oizumi's in his mid-20s and um like that that doesn't hold true um and this is not to say that like every relationship you have will like fizzle out or whatever but it, I think there is dark read <laughs> well like I don't want to make it sound like oh it's like destined that like any friends you have when you're younger are never going to last but I do think that is a relatable feeling for a lot of people that that sense when you're younger of like this is how it's always going to be and then when you're an adult like it not happening like that and I think that is especially true for some friendships um or at least honestly it has been in my life and so I was reading that like oh god this is so horrible to read because I know exactly what it feels like and sort of at the point where Uwaizumi decides to go to Argentina like right before he does there's all this distance between him and Oikawa and it comes, like, flooding back. Um, I just thought that was really well done. Yeah, this fic really lingers on and is not afraid of the implacable forward march of time. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just fun to think about. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, Reed, of, like, 
this idea that things are going to be the same forever and then they're not and having to deal with that as just like an adult person how how do you uh, and it was really interesting because this this fixed answer was not that you can never go back and it was not that those relationships are over and broken forever like that's not what this fic is saying at all so in some ways the concept is very bleak but in other ways this fic is saying anything that's broken can be fixed um, and I found that very sweet and comforting actually uh, as as far as messages go um, I mean he literally flies to a different country to be like hey sorry I didn't answer your phone call <laughs> which is certainly one way to do it it's bold I don't know that it's the way that I would pick, but I do respect the energy of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point, Nick, about like what the fic has to say about repairing a relationship like this. And I think, yeah, it's really relatable, that feeling of like looking back on sort of like the daydreams or plans that you had with friends earlier in life, particularly like friends you had in like middle school and high school, like really growing up and what your imaginations of your adult life would be like compared to what your adult life is like now. Um, and that's not to say that like your life now is bad, just like your, you know, 12, 15 year old self didn't know what it was going to be like to be in your mid 20s. Um, and of course, those sort of unrealistic fantasies <laughs> were not able to be lived out. Um, and also like, yeah, you're probably not as close with the people that you were back then. Um, and I like that this fic yeah, it didn't say, oh, those things are lost forever, but it also didn't say, oh, you can get exactly that back again. It said you can make something new if you want to put the work in. Um, I think that's like a really nice message for this fic to kind of be giving at the end. And I think it's one that works well with these characters. Yeah, because when Uwaisimi first shows up to Argentina, um, because he, he literally like texts Oikawa. He's like, hey, I'm getting on a flight. I'll be in San Juan tomorrow. And Oikawa's like, are you serious? He's like, wild. yeah. <laughs> That's why I did not see that coming as, like, the explanation <laughs> for how he got there. <laughs> um, well, it comes, like, on the heels of very shortly prior. Um, I, I feel like it's, like, no more than six months. Like, Oizumi is in Southern California. He's in Irvine. And uh, Oikawa's like, hey, I'm actually coming to Pasadena. Like, should I swing by? Like, do you want to see me? And Oizumi, like, never answers him. And then he's like, hello, my answer is I'm just here in Argentina now. Um but, like, one thing that I really liked kind of relating back to what you we were just saying is that, especially in those first couple days or that first day in particular, he spends so much time, like, he had had all these thoughts about what things might be like. And he is, like, desperately trying to grasp onto anything familiar um, and not finding a whole lot of it. And there's a scene that I really liked where um, you had gotten a flashback before Oikawa had gone to Argentina where he's like, I'm going to have this really pretty house and it's going to be like white or yellow or maybe like blue and like the shutters are going to look like this. And then Oizumi gets to the apartment and he like goes out in the balcony and looks up and the shutters are exactly the way that Oikawa had thought they would be. Um, and so they have this like really sweet moment of solidarity. And then the next scene where you're back in the present, like it's gotten weird again, um, which I thought was like very real and good because it's like he's he's trying to find something so familiar and he does... But that, like, one little point of familiarity is not enough to make up for all of the years of distance between them and, like, all of these things that have gone, like, unspoken. Yeah, I really like those first scenes where Hajime, like, shows up in Argentina, and I liked how uncomfortable it was. I think both from, like, a narrative sense that draws you in and makes you curious about how they got there, about what led up to their relationship 
being this way. And then also it was just intensely relatable. Like there's this kind of horrible scene where when he first gets there, they're standing in like the kitchen area and uh, Hajime had sort of just made an offhanded comment about like a espresso maker that's on the counter. And then and then Oikawa is like busy trying to get this espresso machine that he clearly does not use regularly to work because like Hajime mentioned it and it's just like uncomfortable and Hajime's like, I don't even really want the espresso. <laughs> I was just trying to make conversation, but he can't say that out loud. And it was just like, God, even when it's not like a friend you haven't seen in ages, but just anytime someone comes over to your home for the first time where like that hasn't been your relationship previously, like you know, like a new friend from class or like a coworker or something, just anything where like your relationship existed in a completely alternate space. And then you sort of are confronted with that like uncomfortableness of them suddenly being like in your space and neither of you really know like what to do about it was horribly relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, because psychologist Carl Rogers, who's kind of the father of person-centered psychology, Mm -hmm. he has a concept called congruence which is this idea that most of internal human suffering, not stuff caused by external things, but the kind of the internal angst that we feel, that most of it comes from a lack of congruence between the person that you are and the person that you want to be, or that the person that you think other people are seeing or want you to be. Uh, So that made me think of that, Brenna. Uh, this idea. I think you're right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, this idea of congruence and bringing different pieces of yourself together and trying to figure out who the whole is. And I would say that it's more prevalent now than ever. I don't know, especially the three of us. And I assume many of our listeners living a lot of our lives online right now and in the past, uh, but especially now and trying to find congruence between who you are in different spaces and how that looks to other people and especially to people who haven't seen you in very long. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, especially like, I don't know, thinking about friends that I've had for a very long time who I'm like slowly being like, yeah, you heard of this thing called fandom? (laughs) (laughs) And that's terrifying, but also like, I don't know. It's cool when I'm able to feel like I am becoming a fuller picture of myself with the people that matter to me. Yeah. I really feel that. Uh, I feel like that I've, I've been going on a similar journey, I think, in the past year or so, um, t- tentatively reaching out to some of my IRLs, as people might say, and being like, po- podcast? People might- I-, I do this podcast. Yeah, that's further than I'll go. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like my only friends who know about it are, well, the friends I loved with because it was a little bit hard to hide recording a podcast, um, <laughs> especially if I need anyone to like be quiet for a few hours. And then like... My few friends from, like, high school who I had on social media at that time, like, I have some friends from high school who were not even that close anymore, like, and they weren't, like, my best friends at the time either, but, like, they followed me on, like, Tumblr at that time, and we're still mutuals on (laughs) Tumblr now, like, so many years later, and occasionally I'll see one of them, like, reblog something from me, and I'm like, oh, God, don't perceive me. Also, if we ever run into each other in, like, Redacted City, like, (laughs) yep, don't call me out on my, like, (laughs) November 2020 Supernatural shit posting. (laughs) Yeah, I have two, I have two high school friends who follow me on, like, my main Tumblr, which isn't super fan to me, but I've shared some fit click stuff on there. Uh, All of us are gay now, so that's exciting. Mm. Really, you really love to see it. You do. It is it is a super weird collision of worlds. I'm just like, oh hey. I want to talk a little bit about like blue in this fic because it's 
pretty central. There's a whole lot of um, Oizumi's internal narration that revolves around him thinking about the color blue, like the different shades that he sees Oikawa in at different points in their lives and just like the way that it shapes the place around him. Um, And because I no longer live there, I feel fine saying that for a period of time, I lived in Los Angeles um, and I'm not from the West Coast. Oh my God, you lived in Los Angeles? I did. such a weird coincidence. Wow. We all did, but we don't live there anymore. And so I'm not doxing any of us. (laughs) Way to dox me, Reed. (laughs) Wow, Reed. But something that really struck me is um, there's a line like a decent amount of the way into the fic where the fic reads, Hajime waits for the day the sky comes up with something else. It never does. Hajime is 25. There's no place in the world where the sky isn't blue. The sky is always blue. It is always blue. It is always blue. There is no reminder of him more monstrous, more whole. And I just think that's a very good line. But in particular, it really resonated with me because one thing when I moved out to L.A. that like really struck me not just that, like, oh, the weather's nice all the time, but there are, like, no clouds in the sky. I know this sounds, like, really simple, but there was something about it, especially when I first moved, that was, like, this boundless blue. Like, this this unbroken landscape of blue that would just go on and on and on. Um, that was so different from what I was used to. Like, even on sunny days, like, I could usually see clouds where I was from. Um, and so that particular image of Oizumi... Um, Hajime, same person, um, (laughs) looking up and just sort of like looking into this endless expanse and seeing himself whole and then not really liking what he was seeing. I think that really struck me because I was like, I can picture the exact skies that you're looking at. And I can also picture that that repetition of waking up and every day the sky is that same endless blue. Like it it almost never changes. Um, And, you know, from an outsider perspective, it's like, wow, the weather is always great. But I think for the metaphors of this fic, I get the sort of melancholy aspect to it. Yeah, I mentioned this at the beginning, but I think uh, the last thing that I wanted to say about this fic is just that I really loved the climax moment, because I think it could have been such a melodramatic kind of wild yelling match or something, like, you know, like the notebooks are like, I wrote to you every day for a year, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which it was very much not. And I really liked that this fic allowed the resolution to be simple. They're standing like ankle deep in this river, talking to each other, and... um, that's when I think it was referenced earlier that this somehow this is Iwaisumi's answer to should I swing by while I'm visiting my sister Um, that his answer was to show up and to say hi yes you should something about it was just so joyful and youthful and I mean the the river imagery obviously like change and forward motion and rebirth and all that stuff with water Um, I just liked it a lot. I thought it was just as complicated as it needed to be, which was not very. It ends with them kind of like tackling each other into the water. And the fic later on says like, it wasn't exactly that simple. They still had to talk. They still had to work stuff out. But I like that they're just kind of two people who have a lot of history, but decided both of them in that moment that they could still like each other and still have fun together. And that they didn't have to be weighed down by all of that history. So I think that was my favorite part of the fic, and it's the part that stuck with me the most since I read it. I thought this was a really lovely fic. Uh, There's so much about it that I love that we didn't get to get into. I kind of mentioned, like, the Aikawa of this feels so real and full and adult in a way that um, I haven't seen in a lot of fics just because usually they focus more on, like, high school or college, and so I liked getting to see this side of him. Um, I think exactly like Brenna said, I think this author had a very specific vision of what they wanted to do with this fic, and I think they accomplished it very well. 
I thought it was really pretty. The repetition of the blue really worked for me. Um, I liked the the changing of the fic as it went on. Um, we didn't mention it much, but the first like half of the fic is just regular text, and then it sort of like yeah. speeds through the different shades of blue. And I thought that also felt really right um, for sort of the tone and the pace of this fic. And uh, yeah, I would like to think that the the fic is saying that there's something hopeful about if you'd like to sort of rekindle those relationships you had in the past. Like there's there's a way to do so. I think. There is a lot of melancholy in this fic, but I also think there is a lot of hope as well. My fic for this episode is called Sacrifice by the Devil Chicken, which is a fic for the music video for the song Genghis Khan by Mike Snow. Um, Yeah, it's canon compliant to the music video, told from the perspective of the secret agent uh, who is the one that the villain doesn't want to get it on with anyone else but him in the music video, just for your reference. Uh, the video is a lot of fun. I feel like it was kind of a, a a little fandom sensation when it came out. Everyone was like, oh my god, gay villain secret agent shenanigans. <laughs> we love it. Uh, so it's very fun. It's very like slashy and dramatic and, you know, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So I'd recommend watching it if you're interested and you haven't. Uh, this fic was written for Yuletide, which doesn't surprise me. It's, of course, this video was nominated and, of course, fic got written for it. So uh, that's kind of the fandom and the framing of this fic. Um, it's set across a number of years. So they it's when Alexis and Eric, so Alexis is a secret agent and Eric is the villain when they first meet and then it goes all the way into their what I would consider highly functional and healthy relationship by the end of the story. Uh, so that's the scope of it. Uh, he's doing spy stuff. They have various interactions. Uh, it's very fun. It's very tropey. Um, I'm going to get into some content warnings here, just like a general one for graphic violence. Uh, it gets a little bit more violent and like in in the weeds. Is that, does that make any sense? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit more descriptive than I think I was expecting, but not in a way that I didn't like. Um, I guess more so than the music video, which is very like... <laughs> camp in its own way uh so the fake is is more realistic in that sense um it like details injuries and stuff i didn't think any of it was gratuitous and like horrendous necessarily but just fyi that if you're going in expecting like something super lighthearted and funny it's not necessarily what this fake is uh, <laughs> brenna's shaking her head it's not lighthearted and funny <laughs> well yeah. it's funny at times but it's not lighthearted <laughs> Yeah, so along with the graphic violence, there also are explicit depictions of torture. So FYI, violence of a different flavor. Yeah, that that's this, you know, they're spies. It's dangerous. You got to do what you got to do to make a living in this cold world. I mean, like, yeah, it's also, it's explicit, but like, it does not happen for very long. So yeah. it's not like there's like extended scenes about it, I right. guess, just as like a caveat. Yeah, this fic is under 6,000 words, so, like, a lot of stuff happens, and there's a lot of kind of shorter moments that move together. Uh, Yeah, this fic is a recommendation from dear friend and ficlet AJ. Hello, AJ. Thank you. Um, I Fun story about this one. Before we 
finished recording last episode we all needed to get our picks for this episode together obviously so that we could announce them and I had nothing in my brain I was looking and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing here so at the time um, I was building an Ikea dresser and talking about it with some of the ficlets in our discord server on a game night and I don't know how someone was like stream it and I was like do you really want to watch me do this and they're like yes so I streamed (laughs) myself building this Ikea dresser and AJ was among the squad that uh, kept me company. Thank you so much to everyone who was there. Uh, eventually, we triumphed. It was really exciting. But I was like, oh my god, SOS. I have no idea what I'm bringing. And without even a second hesitation, AJ was like, oh, bring this Genghis Khan music video fic. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I read it. It was great. And here we are. So thank you, AJ. Thank you, FitClick Discord server. You really saved me on this one. Yeah, um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I love spies and secret agents. It's a trope that I wish I got to see more, I think, in fic. So I really loved that I was able to read about it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about it. But first, co-hosts, what did you think? Yeah, I thought this was so fun. Um, I've seen the music video a number of times, so I was sort of prepared to just jump right into the fic. Um, It definitely takes a more serious approach than the music video does to this sort of relationship and this concept. It's not, like, the most serious fic ever, I would say, like, and due to the nature of some of the elements of it, it it can come off as, like, a little bit over the top, which I think lessens some of the serious aspects of it, but it's not campy in the same way that the music video is. Um, I, as I was reading it, I was like, somewhat surprised that this was a Nick pick. I mean, parts of it makes sense because, like, the spies, the secret ages, all of that is stuff I know Nick goes for. But, like, the way that their relationship develops and the sort of, like, enemies to lovers, I was like, I feel like this would be something I would bring. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that just played into me really enjoying this fic, so no complaints. Um, I like that this was sort of like a backstory fic. Um, we kind of jump in to their characters and their relationship a long time before like the music video happens sort of we get to see like their first encounters with each other and stuff um and we also kind of immediately get this author's like building of their characters um and I thought that was handled really well I love when a fic just kind of drops you into a situation um and you have to kind of learn about it alongside your characters um or as they experience things in the world that they're used to we learn about them for the first time I always like that kind of world building and I thought this fic did a great job of it um I like also that things aren't super clear always like we kind of know what their real jobs are but it's like not <laughs> like okay Alexis is like an MI6 agent um Eric is this like military general KGB-esque figure but like none, none of that's really important to the story so we never really get into it too much and I thought that that echoed well with setting up the music video where like we kind of get a good idea of these characters but honestly the details are not the like important thing to the story here um so I thought that was handled really well and just made for a very like engaging and gripping read yeah um I have seen the Genghis Khan music video like a couple times a number of times um I did watch it right before I read this fic just to sort of like get in the mood um it is such a fun video it's a bop uh still really holds up but yeah, this fic, as we've said, takes a turn, a little bit more serious. Not that it's like dark or anything, I don't think. Something I was thinking about as I was reading it is that um, 
I was thinking a little bit about the IKEA commercial fic that I brought for Yuletide, um, just in the sense that I think it is really fun when fandom takes source content where you sort of have characters, but not really. Um, like, neither the villain or the agent are named in the music video, um, and then, like, neither the characters in the IKEA fic were named, and the author has to sort of construct a lot of things for them. Obviously, the music video, I think, gave this author more to work with than, like, the six-second IKEA commercial, but the author still did a ton of work in, like, building their personalities, like, the names, their relationships, like, all these types of things, and I always find that really fun in fic, because you know that there has to be a bunch of other, um, I imagine there's at least a couple other Genghis Khan music video fics in the tag, and you would find a lot of different, I think, interpretations of what their lives might have looked like before, what their personalities might be like, what's the justification for them being enemies and then getting to where they are in the music video. So that's always something I find really fun and was definitely very enjoyable in this fic. I wish I had like a more quantifiable reason for this or like something concrete to point to, but as I was reading this, I also kept thinking about some uh, The Man from Uncle fics that I've read. I'm sure a lot of that is just sort of the spies who are like enemies and like an ex-KGB-esque figure paired together. I'm sure a lot of that is just sort of tied in, but I think the tone of this fic in the way that it is like funny and also like a little bit serious and also like the mysterious intrigue, that all felt kind of similar in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, I think I was surprised, like not in a bad way, but I was just surprised that there was less of the music video in this fic than I was expecting. Um, like it's tagged for canon compliant and it is that, but I think I was expecting a pretty drawn out scene that is like an extrapolation on the music video. And instead, like that bit is only sort of referenced at the end. Like it happens, but it also happens slightly differently to how you see it in the music video. Um, and so I guess like in a parallel to Brenna's fic also, it's canon compliant, but most of it is set pre the canon of the thing that you are talking about, which I was not expecting, but I think was very well done. Yeah, Reed, you, you said you imagine there's other fic. There are 73 works in the Genghis Khan music video tag. So if anyone read this and was like, yes, great news, <laughs> <laughs> there's more. Three of them are by this author. Um, also, there's a couple in there tag Domestic Fluff, which surprised me, and also Canon Compliant. So I'm, I'm curious. I feel like I have to go investigate after this. Well, I guess like at the end of the music video, they have a very domestic life with the kids true. and stuff. So true, that, true. that is okay. Canon Compliant, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Also, like, canon compliant means so many things. Like, I was thinking about that as you were talking, too. Like, I don't know, Brenna's fic was canon compliant. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just, and especially with a source like this, it's interesting that canon compliant can mean multiple things that are different from each other, but that still fall under the same tag just because they're not an alternate universe. And but like, when canon is kind of small like this, like, it's only a... I don't know how exactly how long the music video is. Three minutes something, probably. Um, it's like four minutes, I think. Yeah, when you only have about like four minutes of video content and a song that you're using as canon, like, it means that it doesn't even need to be like an alternate universe to be canon compliant. It just means that like being canon divergent isn't that hard. Like when right. you have a much bigger canon, canon divergent becomes a more used tag, I think, than canon compliant. Yeah. Because like oftentimes you're slightly altering things or you're taking a different road than the original uh, content material took from like a series of events. But like for this one, we only have four minutes of their lives and like there's a ton before and after that could be easily canon compliant doesn't need to be divergent or an au to still fit with that unfortunately right. this is just um, making me think oh sorry go ahead reed 
We might have the same thought. I don't know. I think it uh, might be the same thought. <laughs> unfortunately, you saying um, four minutes over and over again is making me think of the... Um, is it Justin Timberlake and Madonna? I'm not Googling this. I don't know if that's right, but it's like yeah. the song Four Minutes is like, we only got four minutes to save the world. But are you thinking of the Glee version with Kurt and Mercedes? I can tell you with my whole heart, I absolutely minutes, was uh, not. Four minutes. <laughs> I forgot oh, about that, God. but as soon as you said it, it came back to <laughs> I'll me. I'll never forget. I like one of my like dance classes in high school used to use the Justin Timberlake version as like a warm-up song so I'm very familiar with it it is Justin Timberlake right like I, I did not google that I'm pulling this from the dredges of my memory I think you're correct see I only have the glee version in my mind like they're wearing cheerleader uniforms it's in the gym anyway <laughs> fake aside from my dark see my past, face of distress yeah I mean we've all been there we, we have all been there exactly um, no, I was not going to say that at all, but I thought it might be the same <laughs> because I was thinking that based on Brenna's definition of canon compliant, the Ikea start the car commercial fic also could be canon compliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. Like, I'm not wrong about that. It could be canon compliant. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I like, stand I by guess, that. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, there, the question then becomes about the implications of the world of the source material. Because when I watch the Start the Car commercial, I assume that that's a world in which the world is not ending. But I guess it could be. But, like, we've got no re like. The there's nothing contrary. That is, yeah, there's nothing contrary to that. It's not like there's like a news bulletin in the back that was like, and everything's fine in the world today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know those classic news bulletins? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess there also wasn't one that's like, the world is ending. Exactly. But... No, I mean, Brenna, you are right. Like, there is nothing directly contradictory yeah. in that commercial. Strictly yeah. in the commercial, there is nothing yeah. that says it could not also be an apocalypse caused by, like, every single mythological version of the apocalypse. Like, you're right that the assumptions that the the viewer is led to make are mm-hmm. lean towards that fic then being categorized as can divergent. Right. Is that but- because it's a commercial? I think that's where it really gets me. Mm. Like Ikea would not be advertising the end of the world. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, though, who but knows? Like, hmm. I've seen some weird commercials. So. That's true. Well, aside from that, <laughs> um, one of my favorite things about this fic is how well it thinks out the different settings that it brings them to. Because, like, one thing about the spy and, like, secret agent trope in general is it's so luxe in terms of travel. I'm really into that personally. Okay, don't laugh at me. It's really exciting. No, I'm laughing because, like, I also like that part, but I wouldn't have thought to, like, point it out as something I like. Mm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's just, like, that's my dream life. Like, going to different countries, lying to people, wearing fancy clothes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's the dream. Having the cars that James Bond drives, like, yeah, I just wouldn't have thought to, like, say that as something I like (laughs) about Secret Agent. (laughs) See, I would not want the cars that James Bond drives because I... Like, I'm a decent driver, but, like, what am I going to do with a car like that? I'm certainly not putting it up Drive to its full potential. It, baby. Yeah, but, like, car enthusiasts but, like, if you everywhere were a spy, weep. Exactly. If you were a spy, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if you were him. It's not just, like, like you. I'm not going to just, like, drive that car to Trader Joe's. But like... <laughs> exactly. I'm driving it to a gala where uh-huh. I have mm-hmm. a forged invitation. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. a fake date who I'm going to fall in love with eventually, but I don't know that mm-hmm. yet. And I also have like a dagger strapped to my thigh that I am going to like throw across the room at someone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, at some point, 
myself and someone who is my frenemy, perhaps, my oh. fraught enemy, um, oh. <laughs> we're going to be, like, in maybe a hallway together, and then we're going to hear, mm-hmm. like, thud of security people, like, their boot steps, like, coming from further down the hall, and then you oh have to, God. like, tuck into an alcove together. That absolutely yeah, yeah. happens. Yeah. So that's what I'm driving the car to. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Reed, please. <laughs> But I love that this fake girl, he leaned into that. Like, yeah, he does show up at a gala and see Eric across the room with his wife and be like, oh, I was going to kill his wife because he keeps killing everyone that I sleep with. But instead, they look kind of miserable together. So that's more suffering if I don't kill her. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, it's so homoerotic, if I may say. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I think this fic, you could... In our categorization uh, mm-hmm. system, I I think you could tag it as gay, oh, um, because, you because as we've said before, just again to clarify for folks who might not be familiar, gay does not have anything to do with like whether or not the fic is romantic or gen or like what the pairing might be it has no bearing on whether or not it is tagged as gay in our no. categorization system. But this one yeah. would be gay, mm-hmm. essence of gay. Well, I think like the. The fact that, like, you kind of have the gay coming from two sides, in my opinion. You have the gay coming from the sort of homoerotic rivals to Mm. lovers side. Mm. And then you also kind of have the gay residual from, like, the campy nature of the music video. Yeah. Like, where, like, even if that music video hadn't been, like, actually gay, the campy vibes of it, I think, would have led me to categorize it as gay. Totally. It's gay and it's gay. It's gay and it's gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Come on, people. <laughs> Makes perfect well, sense. What's so hard? Program. <laughs> I will say, um, I mean, we're like joking a lot about it. The sort of rivals to lovers arc of this fic is not to sound like Brenna, but it's a little bit fucked up and I was into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like in our pre-discussion, I think it was Brenna who said that it was a really interesting and good choice to have this be from Alexis's point of view, Alexis being the spy, because it kind of gives you, the reader, the justification for why, like, from his side, why he is, like, having these romantic feelings towards this villain that, like, in the music video is torturing him, etc. Um, and so there are some scenes between them that are, like, really tense and, like, there's a lot of energy going on. Um, and I liked that the fic, like, took it there. I don't want to say it was, like, weird, because it wasn't weird, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It was a little bit, like, it was not some super campy, fluffy, like, oh, this is a really cute, like, rivals to lovers. It was, like, no, like, they're spies, and they're in this, like, deadly um, profession, and, like, there's a lot of, like, fucked up stuff happening around, like, the jobs that they do, and that kind of does bleed into their relationship, but because they both want the same thing, it, like, doesn't feel bad to read, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was very much thinking about, I mean, what you said, but also just the fact that I liked that they both are sort of on the same level with, like, the fucked upness of it. Mm-hmm. Like, at no point is it ever one of the two of them sort of pushing the other one where they don't want to go or, like, convincing them of this. They come at it not knowing that they're on the same page, but then realizing that they're on the same page. And I think that works really well, even for the, like, darker elements of this beyond just sort of like the tension of them always like kind of being on these like rival sides of an operation like beyond just Alexis trying to uh ruin Eric's plans or like Eric trying to steal something out from under Alexis like beyond that like 
the sort of more fucked up stuff, like where we first learn that like Eric keeps killing the people that Alexis falls in love with. It's like, oh God, is that, that's too far, right? But then Alexis thinks right back about like killing the person that like he thinks Eric is in love with. And like, I thought it worked really well that there's never this moment of like, oh, that's taking it too far. Or like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with that. Because it easily could be like the things that they're doing are not like nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of like that like, individually like separately they both came at it and then like realized that they are both sort of on the same page about this stuff yeah because i feel like the the deepest essence of a good rivalry is that they're evenly matched Mm -hmm. and i feel like we see that so much in this fic there's a scene where alexis gets caught doing some spy stuff and eric walks in and is like he's my guest and alexis is like well i'm your guest (laughs) Uh, like, that's going to be an issue. And, and they, they go back and forth for a bit. But Eric saves Alexis's life, but steals the files that Alexis had gone through so much effort to acquire as, like, payment, basically. Like, this is the only way I'll be able to get you off is if I keep this stuff and say you were working for me and we were scoping out the competition or whatever. And that scene ends with the line of Alexis basically saying he didn't know if he was saved or swindled. And I was like, that's romance, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> actually, that's romance. <laughs> that's romance. <laughs> There's a, I think for me, one of the first scenes where I was like, oh, okay, like, this is how this fic is going to go. Like, this is their dynamic was um, pretty early on. Alexis is running through a hotel. He's not, he's on a mission that has nothing to do with Eric. Um, and he's being chased by, I think, KGB agents. Um, he's running and he he happens to see Eric and he's like, oh, like, get back into your room. I'm being chased and they're just going to, like, shoot first and not ask questions. Um, and instead of, like... Yeah, I don't know. Instead of it being a thing where, like, maybe Eric would have, like, pulled him into his room so they could, like, hide there or whatever, Eric, like, reaches into Alexis's pocket, pulls out his gun, and then just shoots the person that was chasing Alexis. Then he's like, all right, well, time for you to leave. And, like, one of Eric's bodyguards starts, like, cleaning up the body. And I was like, okay, yep, I've got a pretty clear picture, I think, of how this is going to go. And it, the fic more or less stuck to it, um, but, like, it it worked so well. Yeah, that was an excellent scene. Because, like, again... It's not, again, it's sort of, like, subverting the tropes that we expect from, like, the spy movies. Like, what you expect is much more along the lines of, like, Eric pulling Alexis in or something. And then, like, that, you get that, like, hiding in an alcove moment, uh-huh. right? <laughs> um, but, like, just point blank shooting him is not what you expect. But it fits with this fic so well. And it's definitely a moment where it sort of turns the corner into showing you, like, what this fic is going to be. And, like, that it is this sort of step sideways from a standard kind of like spy romance (laughs) yeah and that they don't want to kill each other at this point so much at the beginning of the fic was trying to convince you that they do Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is funny at a certain point toward the middle it really starts to turn where it's like he would have killed eric but he was distracted and shot in the wrong direction oh damn (laughs) it's like well uh it's it we're all in on the joke at a certain point. Um, and then that scene really is the moment where it's like, okay, he pulls the gun out of his pocket. Alexis lets him. He could just as easily shoot Alexis point blank and be done with it. But mm-hmm. that's obviously not what he does. And that's really when you're like, ooh, we're really in it now, Mike Snow. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I thought was kind of funny about this fic is like, I've seen a bunch of spy movies like especially like the kind of big classic franchises but 
I thought it was funny to kind of imagine Alexis going back to report at MI6 each time. Like, that was just something that kind <laughs> yes. of kept playing through my head because Eric really doesn't have people that we, like, know he needs to report to. Like, early on in this fic, he kind of rises up through the ranks and, like, becomes a pretty prominent, like, head of the, like, military branch that he's in charge of. It's not really clear, like, the country that he belongs to, we don't really know much about. But, like, MI6, we know a little bit more about in the real world. And, like, even if we don't know about it in the real world, we know about it in the, like, James Bond sense of, like, (laughs) everything. So it just kept making me laugh to, like, imagine him going back and being like, ah, I was, like, foiled again. Like, just can't kill this guy. I don't know what's up. Like... And then, like, continuing to get sent out on the exact same assignments that, like, also involve the same guy. Like, wouldn't they just assign a different agent? (laughs) God, yeah, it's good. It's extremely good. And one thing that I found very delightful is that the ship for the fic and for all of the secret agent villain whatever uh fix in this fandom for this music video is secret agent slash gold nose villain on ao3 <laughs> mm-hmm. which yeah. i'm obsessed with yeah so when i was just scrolling briefly through the different fix in the tag um a bunch of them had given different names to them one of them was like tom this and i was like who's tom <laughs> i only know alexis and eric I don't, yeah i don't know tom sorry <laughs> maybe i can get to know tom someday uh I just thought it was fun and like I like how much room it gives authors to play like it's one of those things where of course they don't have names in the music video but I almost had forgotten because this fic was so believable in the way that it created these backstories for them and made them people and not just sexy gay actors you know Uh (laughs) uh-huh Reed is looking dubious at my use of I imagine the word sexy I guess the actors, actors might actors, not be gay. It was really... Uh, oh. It was the entire thing of sexy gay actors that was not... Uh, none of those words were how I thought you were going to end that. <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. Yeah, you usually do. All right, everyone. It's the end of this discussion. <laughs> That's uh-huh. how we normally end these, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sacrifice by the Devil Chicken is an extremely fun fic. Uh, especially if you are already into the tropes of spies and secret agents and enemies to lovers. Even if you're not, as it turns out, you can really enjoy this fic. Uh, I think it is a version of enemies to lovers that anyone can get into. That's my uh, pitch as someone who's really not a huge fan of the trope usually. Um, Yeah, it was believable. It was fun. It was well-written. It was interesting. um, And I had a really good time both reading and discussing it. So thanks for coming along. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard and you want to find us on other social media, you can find us on Twitter or Tumblr at FitClick. You can also email us at fitclickpod at gmail.com. Um, we just got an email that we responded to in, like, I think one business day, which is a great new record for us. Really proud. Yes. Um, we also have an AO3 account where you can look at our bookmarks to find all of the previous fics we've talked about, they're tagged for who brought them and what timestamp they're in the episode. Mostly, we're still trying to catch up on that one, but if you are interested in like perusing our previous episodes, you can find us there as well. 
As we mentioned, pretty much every episode we do also have a Discord server. It is a wonderful community full of folks who love to hang out and talk about fic and their pets and what they're cooking and sometimes go into our After Dark channel and they say all manner of things in there. Um, It's a good time. (laughs) Uh, It is a very good time, in my opinion. So if you're interested in coming to hang out with us, you can find the link to our Discord server also on our Twitter. Yeah, we also have merchandise if you want to spend real American dollars for stuff that is podcast branded. (laughs) Yes. You can also spend money from other countries if you live in other countries. (laughs) True. You can spend any amount of any denomination of money above a very low initial cutoff to get some merchandise for our podcast on Redbubble. That's linked on Twitter. I agree. You should also consider, if you are into the pod, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you listen to us on uh, that accepts reviews. Not all of them do, but if they do, you know, give us give us a little give us a little nod. We'd love that. Um, you know, tell your friends, post about us. Uh, we're still small, so word of mouth is really the biggest thing that helps us find other folks in fandom who are into the same stuff that we are. So our next episode will be out on March 5th. It's another standard format episode with three fics from the three of us. Uh, The fic I'm going to be bringing is a rec from one of our friends of the pod, and it is called Train That Will Take You by Bold Seer for that classic fandom Ticket to Ride board game. (laughs) I'm so excited. Reed, what's yours? Yeah, just briefly, I have no idea what this board game is literally at all, so I am also excited to read this fic and find out. That's fine, that's fine. Um, yes, my fic is also uh, recommended by our dear ficlets. Uh, found this one on the Discord server. It is at, like the at symbol, all one word, Hey, it's Spider-Man by Megan, which I say like that because there are two G's and three N's, so it's Megan. <laughs> it is for the movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and it is a media fic. Um, you know how much we love those here on Fic Click. I had such a delight reading this, so I'm excited for my co-host to read it as well. Nick. Yes. Your oh, pick. you're asking me what I'm bringing. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, sure. Yes, I didn't. I just I just left off on your name. Try. Sorry. Let me try that again. Uh-huh. My dear podcasting co-host, Nicole. Yes. What fan fiction are you bringing for our subsequent episode? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I'd love to tell you and our audience. Hey, everyone. <laughs> um, I'm bringing the fic Weight of Heaven by Huarium, which is a 17-band RPF fic. We are going back to K-pop after quite a while and i'm so excited i love this fic and i have really gotten into this group lately (laughs) all right so those are going to be our fix for next episode hope you join us then and thanks for listening bye